If you will, take your Bible and turn with me today to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy in your Old Testament as we begin to look this summer at the Ten Commandments. I usually preach on a sermon series called Hot Topics for the Summer. And if you want to know some hot topics to cover, uh, cover the Ten Commandments. They have a way of dealing with all of the current issues that seem to face our time and God's opinion, God's standard, God's command for how we are to address these issues. I am glad to see us get back to somewhat normal. Uh, God has been with us and blessed us. Um, I did not contract COVID from the, from the drink that's been up here. Everybody's been breathing on it all these COVID days, and I still haven't gotten COVID yet. So I feel like I'm really blessed from the Lord. Uh, I know that you were blessed last Sunday when uh, uh, Reverend uh, Kenny Rager spoke. I know that you were blessed and you enjoyed that. And uh, we will have him back again. Uh, he works for the Kentucky Baptist Convention in the area of evangelism, and it shows in his preaching, I know. Uh, also, uh, you will be blessed this coming Thursday night if you are a Sunday school teacher. Uh, let me encourage you to come and be motivated by the teaching of Darrell Wilson. Uh, Darrell is the Sunday school and discipleship uh, director for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Uh, he also is a highly motivational speaker. Number one, you will learn something new. I assure you, you will learn something new. Uh, number two, I assure you that you will be motivated. You will be motivated to change and to do Sunday school better. I assure you of that. And uh, number three, the ideas that he has uh, for you to consider are not out of reach. They are doable. And uh, so we want to strengthen our Sunday school. We had a golden opportunity to have him come and teach from uh, Akron Baptist. And he will be teaching to Salem Baptist Association. So uh, we're not the only church that's going to be profiting from his uh, teaching here. But, um, hey, you know, we had the opportunity. I said, come on, let's do it. And Darl said, I can do this. So that's working out well. I've known Darl uh, as a very personal friend. For a long, long time, he serves as a deacon at Parkland Baptist Church in Louisville and uh, also at Kentucky Baptist Convention. He is among the top four of religious educators in the entire United States. Uh, back in the day when you would attend Sunday School Week at Ridgecrest, Glorietta, those days, he would have been one of your speakers. And so that's the caliber of person that's coming this Thursday evening. So don't miss that. Uh, be here, be ready. It's a two-hour briefing uh, session, if you will. Sorry about that. Military's coming out again. <laughs> Bill, two-hour briefing. And, uh, but you will be mo mo motivated. I assure you, you will not go to sleep. And uh, also, Miss Phyllis, welcome. We're glad that you're here today. She's looking for a church home, so you be sure and welcome her and tell her that God's already uh, sent her to the right, uh, to the right church. Uh, she and uh, Miss Francis met at Silver Bells. And uh, when I think about Silver Bells, I think about Dr. Phil Landgrave. Uh, anybody recognize that name, Dr. Phil Landgrave? Phil, okay. Uh, Melissa does. He taught uh, composition 
uh, music composition at Southern Seminary for many, many, many years. And uh, Phil was our minister of music at Parkland, Louisville. F uh, Phil has a, a deep baritone voice, and when he sings, he sings like that, you know, and real loud, and, and just a very creative, very, very creative kind of person. Uh, when we had faith training, he, he wrote a musical based on the F-A-I-T-N-H, and just a very, very creative person. But he tells a story on himself. Uh, that I think about when I think about the sil silver bells. Uh, he was invited to sing at the graveside of someone's funeral service. And they, he asked, well, what songs would you like to hear sung? And, and the wife said, uh, something about silver bells, silver bells. He said, you mean silver bells? Yeah, I, that's, that's got to be it. He always liked silver bells. So it came time for him to sing, and he sang, Silver bells, silver bells. And he went through the whole Christmas song at the graveside, you know. And when it was over, the wife came up to him and said, uh, Dr. Landgrave, I think it was when they ring the golden bells. <laughs> he liked that song. <laughs> well, it was all over then, you know, too late. Well, um... I think about that when I think about the silver bells. Silver bells. All right, let's get it right today from Deuteronomy chapter 5. Let's get it right. To get it right, we need to understand that this is the Word of God. And God has given to us ten words. Uh, in Hebrew, they're called the Decalogue. Uh, Deca meaning five, or ten rather. The ten log, logos, for word. These are the ten words. Uh, it is believed that uh, when the Ten Commandments were given by Moses to the people of God that were written on the stone tablets, they were literally ten words. And uh, each of these ten words describes for us guidance from God about successful living. And uh, I pray today that you will hear this as, you know, you, you think about Ten Commandments, well, is that really, is that, is that relative today? Are the Ten Commandments really relative today? I know that if you took a survey and asked people, 90% of people would say they're really not. They're really, really not relevant for today. And yet people are experiencing emptiness. People are wondering what to do with their life. People are wondering what is life all about. And uh, if the COVID crisis has taught us anything, we have learned that life can get chaotic very quickly. And in chaos, we need something, some word, that will bring peace and stability to us. And that's what the Ten Commandments are about. God's way of bringing peace and stability to our lives. Now, those of you who are raising children are quick to learn that children need boundary in their life. They need rules. And uh, they need to know where the lines are. They need to know where the lines are. And they don't get it until they're about 26 because this part of the brain does not develop very well. The part where you 
think about something and you think about consequences and you make a choice as to whether or not you should do that, that really doesn't develop up here until you're about 26 years old. I don't know if you know that or not. So for the first 26 years of our lives, we're learning to deal with rules and boundaries because we're not able to figure it out yet. We're not able to figure out what is right and what is wrong. And the God who made this world created it a moral universe. It is a moral world. It's made this way. And if you will follow and obey the word of God, the Ten Commandments, the world is created in such a way that you will be blessed. In fact, the commandments is the only word from the Lord that has a promise built in. If you obey your father and mother, you will what? Does anybody know? If you obey your father and your mother, what is the blessing that's promised there? You'll live a long life. That's exactly right. You'll live a long life. And so to live the good life and to live... Uh, and to learn to live in boundary with peace in chaotic times, uh, we need to learn to review and accept these ten commandments. Now, they are ten commandments. They're not ten suggestions. Uh, these words, this decalogue, these ten words, came from God as rules to live by. And remember, God's made the world in such a way that if we disobey, then there are consequences to pay. And there's just something in us that wants to do life our way. I have a four-year-old nephew, a grandson rather, four-year-old grandson, that I took out to the beach this past week. And we got out into the water together. And I got out into the water with him, and he was having such a good time, he got a little further and further out in the water. He's taking swim lessons, but he's not quite ready for the deep water yet. But he doesn't know that. He knows everything. And I, in fact, I call him Dr. Opposition. That's his nickname, Dr. Opposition. I don't care what you say, he'll say, no. Yeah, but what about that? No. So I call him Dr. Opposition. There is something I read this week called the op uh, oppositional disorder. And I told his mama, I said, your son has an oppositional disorder. She said, well, I hope not. I said, well, it's built into us to be this way. We can't help it. You don't have to teach a kid to do wrong, do you? They just do it out of the DNA of instinct for survival. We just do life our way. We're kind of geared that way. So we get out into the deeper waters, and I say to him, now that's far enough. Oh, but he's had swim lessons. And he begins to go deeper, and I said, now, son, come back. Ah. He goes out a little further in the deeper water. He doesn't understand danger. He doesn't understand the undertow of the water. I don't care how strong a swimmer you are, the undertow will take you under, won't it? And take you where you, you don't want to go. And sin is that way. 
Sin will take you under and take you where you don't want to go. But we wander out into it going, ha, aren't I having a good time? Ha, ha, ha. And Papa is saying, come back, come back. Ha, ha, ha. And he goes farther, and he goes farther. Finally, I pounded the water and I said, you are in trouble. I didn't want to go as deep as he was and uh, get caught out in the undertow with him. I said, you better come back. You are in trouble. I'm going to tell your mom and your daddy on you. So being human and being a wise four-year-old, he begins to come back. And I'm headed back toward mom and dad, and he runs ahead of me. Now, he's got a story made up. When he gets there, that will not bring punishment, but will bring um, uh, sympathy. My knee hurts. My knee hurts. And tears start coming down about how his knee has been injured. His knee is not injured. His feelings have been hurt. And he's doing his best to head off another spanking from his daddy. Now you understand, Mom and Dad, why some parents in the, in the animal world eat their young. I mean, after a while, it's just reason doesn't get it. And I laid the law down to him and said, this is not a suggestion that you come back. It is a commandment from Papa, and you are in trouble if you don't come back. So under the fear of punishment, he returns. I hope you can see some parallel here between how we view the Ten Commandments, which are there for our good, there for our prosperity, there for our wisdom, and how we do well when we obey. And when we disobey the Word of God, then we are in trouble, and we cause great pain to our Creator. Verse 1 says, Then Moses summoned all of Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the ordinances which I am speaking today and your hearing, that you may learn them and observe them carefully. Take this seriously. And some of you are not taking God's word and God's commandments very seriously. You got your mind made up. That you can do whatever you want to with your life the way you want to. And you don't see the consequences. And some of you are older than 26. And some of you are not even 16 yet. And God is saying to you and to me through his word, the word that he gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. 
I am your God. I know what's best for you. And I created you in such a way that you can live and you can prosper and you can enjoy this good earth, this moral earth that I created. Verse 2 says, The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai. And the Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, with all those of us alive here today. He said, The Lord spoke to you face to face at the mountain in the midst of the fire, which I was standing between the Lord and you at the time to declare to you the word of the Lord. But you were afraid because of the fire and did not go up to the mountain. And he said, Commandment number one, Decalogue number one, word number one, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the bondage of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Let's deal with that one today. You shall have no other gods before me. I hope that if you were ever asked to recite the Ten Commandments, you could do it. But if you can't, let's try to learn them together this summer. And the first one's very easy. It's about our relationship with holy God. You shall have no other gods before the Lord our God. Any other God that exists starts with a small letter G. Because the only God that has the large letter E, the capital G, is the one and the only one that exists. He is the Alpha and the Omega. All other gods are created by us. They're gods that we create so that we can understand it fully. The Lord our God who created us and created the world is beyond our comprehension. And that bothers us because we want a God that we can understand completely. We want a God that makes sense to us. We want a God that will do things for us our way. We want a God that we can rub like a genie in a bottle and get what we want. We want a, a little God with a little G that's like Santa Claus at Christmas time. When we've been good, we get good things. We, in our human imagination, have done everything in our power to create our own little G, God. And what we've come to learn is he is not there for us. And life does not mean anything. And life does not make sense. And life does not prosper us. And we run out of the prosperity that God intends for us because we have created God in our own image. We have made him to be like us. I want you to think a little bit with me about Jesus and the Decalogue as we think about the challenges of the Ten Commandments to our faith. When Jesus came along, they accused him of not obeying the law. Jesus never broke one of the Ten Commandments, not a one. But the Bible says that Jesus came to fulfill every letter of God's law and not to remove a single one. And if you feel like you are so 
good of a person and so moral of a person. You've never run a red light. You've never run over anybody. Uh, trust me, you will be tested to do that. I remember one Sunday morning, I was coming down the uh, Snyder Freeway and got on off that exit on the Dixie Highway right there. It's always red. That light's always red. It's never green when I get there. It's all. It's always red. And this Sunday morning, I thought, ain't nobody here. I'll just pull out, run that light. Nobody will know. And I got ready to step on the gas, and I just happened to look over on the left. There's a cop car sitting right there, (laughs) waiting on me to run that red light. It's as if God made him appear right there just for me. And so I didn't do it. Why? Because I was going to be embarrassed to come here to church and have to confess to you all that I'd run a red light and got a ticket. But number two, um, I want life to go well. Larry, I don't, have, I don't like to go to night court either. That's no fun. My last name starts with C, so I get out of there pretty early. But I've been to night court, and it's, it's just no fun at all. There are consequences for breaking God's law. And so there's something in us that says, I'm just going to do the minimum. I'll get by. And we look at the Ten Commandments, and we think, well, that's just the minimum standard. And if I don't run a red light or get caught at it at least, then um, a friend of mine calls them orange lights, you know, the ones that are yellow and get ready to turn red. If I don't run any orange lights, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. Just the minimum to get by. And Jesus comes along, and he says, you've heard it said of old. You know what the old standard is. And in Matthew's gospel, Jesus names most all of the Ten Commandments. You've heard it said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you. And when Jesus said, but I say unto you, he raises the standard of that Ten Commandment to the point that it is impossible to live at the minimum. It's impossible to achieve the standard that Jesus has set. But I say unto you, you shall not even look upon another man's wife because you will have committed adultery. You've heard it said of old, you shall not commit murder. But I say unto you, if you are even angry with your brother, you shall be in danger of hell fire. So here comes Jesus, and he's confronted with the Ten Commandments that he gave to us. And he says to us, I'm going to kick it up so high, none of you here can keep it. The standard of God's holiness is higher than we can ever achieve. And that leads us to understand why do we have the Ten Commandments. We have the Ten Commandments, as Paul explains to us, as a tutor for Christ. It teaches us, one, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus said if you've broken one commandment, You're guilty of breaking all the commandments. So welcome to the crowd of people who have tried to live by the minimum standard but have never achieved 
what God set out for us to live in holiness ever. And so we all fall short, and we're all called sinners. And that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need God's forgiveness. That's why we need the grace of God. Because none of us are able in our human effort to obtain the standard of righteousness that God demands of us. None of us are able to uh, um, attain to the standard of righteousness to get into God's holy heaven. None of us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of this sin is death. And we can say ha, 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 all we want to to God, but folks, there is a consequence for sin. I wish that hell were not real. I wish that hell were not real. But Jesus preached it was. I wish that uh, there were three things about hell that, that uh, we need to know were not true. One, nobody there is having a good time. Two, nobody there wants you to come. And three, once you're there, you can't escape. I wish that were not true, but it is. And that's the future that we have to look forward to because we have broken God's commandment. We have in some way broken this first commandment. It is the foremost of all the commandments. It is all about our relationship to God. We have tried to create God in our own image to satisfy our own wishes and our own desires. That's what we've tried to do. Now, also when Jesus came along, he not only taught a higher standard, but he lived a higher standard. And he said, I'm going to show you how you can live this higher standard. He goes into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, and he is tempted in three ways. Wayne Oates said he was tempted to replace God, he was tempted to play God, and he was tempted to be God. And Jesus turned down all three temptations through what? Quoting truth. Quoting the scriptures. And you and I are set free from the burden and the penalty of our guilt and our sin and our shame and our embarrassment through the word of God. And that's why we need the word of God. That's why we need the Ten Commandments. It sets the boundary for us. What does boundary do for children? Same thing it does for adults. Boundary creates security. Rules to live by creates security. Once you know what the rules are, which I appreciate my son trying to raise the four-year-old, he set the standard, he set the rules, and uh, the, the boy tries everything he can to test the rules, and he gets a spanking every time. But he knows what the rules are. He knows what the rules are. And the rules for us begin in the Ten Commandments, you shall, make no, you shall have no other gods before me. Depending, depend on nothing else more than me. Depend on nothing else 
more than me. I'm the God who saves you. I am the God who created you. I am the God who desires a love relationship that will last for all of eternity. If you break the Ten Commandments into two parts, you have a vertical part, the first five, and then you have a horizontal part, the second five. The first five commandments is about our relationship to God. We'll get that one right, guess what? We're going to have right relationships with other people. See how that works? That's the way God made the world. That's the way God made relationships. It is a moral world that we live in. That's the boundary that he set. Live by it and you will have healthy relationships. Live by it and you will enjoy the prosperity of the world that God offers to you. Doesn't mean you'll get everything you want. He said, I'll provide everything you need. I'll teach you how to be blessed and I'll teach you how to be grateful for the blessings that you have. And remember, the Ten Commandments is not God's suggestion. The Ten Commandments is God's boundary. And inside that boundary are the blessings of growth and prosperity and happiness and joy and peace that you're looking for. There's no other God that can provide that for you. And he's calling you today to give your life to him, to let him take over your life and be your Lord and forgive you of sin and make you right with the Heavenly Father. If you're ready to do that today, I'm going to invite you to come while we sing this song of invitation and just be seated on the front row. We'll pray that prayer with you as you give your life to the Lord. Let him be the only God in charge of your life. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.